What's happening team? Welcome to the Type 1 Movement Podcast, where I'm going to be sharing with you my tips, tricks and stories to help you lead the healthiest life possible as a Type 1 diabetic. I'm your host, Type 1 Tom. Just a quick disclaimer, any advice that I give will not overpower your medical professional, so please consult with them first before making any changes. Yes, gang, welcome back to another episode of the Type 1 Movement Podcast. And you know what? Just saying to the guys on the live then, I'm sure it's been over a month since I've done a live and I've done a podcast episode. I tried the other week, but I was coming down with a bit of a sore throat. I had to cut it short. My throat kept going dead dry. I run out of fucking fluid and I was like, this ain't fucking happening. So hopefully, this is actually going to be a success. And I wanted to speak about how I became a coach for type ones, like my story pretty much from the beginning. Before we get going though, as always... Please make sure you give me a rating and a review on the podcast app as it really does help me reach more type 1 diabetics and positively impact our community. Also, give it a screenshot, whatever device or platform you're listening to it on. Share it on your Instagram story. Share it on Facebook. Tag a type 1, mate, if you've got any, or someone that you know who's type 1. And also tag me as well at type 1 underscore Tom or Tom Allison on Facebook, just so I can reach out and say thanks. So I did do, on my YouTube channel, if you guys listen to this on the podcast, you've not got me on YouTube, what the fuck are you playing at? Go onto YouTube right now. The podcast will keep playing. These smartphones are fucking great, this technology. Go onto YouTube, type in Type 1 Tom, go and subscribe to my channel on there. A few weeks ago, I've started motovlogging. A few of you guys text me into my motorbikes now. Um, I've got like a GoPro on it, a camera. Um, that is a fucking GoPro, in it? Um, a microphone in there. And I've been doing a bit of motovlogging. You guys have who've watched it said you really enjoy it and one of those was about like how i become a coach for type ones so i thought i wanted to go in in depth a little bit more on this and actually talk about like from school through up like how i got into it because it's not been like it's not been plain sailing for me at all and i'm not fucking academic at all um that i actually run a very successful business now it surprised me to be honest so I'm going to talk you through and hopefully you guys can get some inspiration from this as well if there's anything you want to do in life and that. And I suppose people are nosy bastards and they like to know people's story at the end of the day. I'm going to be completely honest as well. Uh, I was going to say there's some shit that I've done that I'm not proud of. I'm not ashamed of anything. I think we all do things and everything happens for a reason. <clears throat> and if this shit didn't happen, I won't be where I am today, definitely. Um, but I'm going to get into some of that in this. So... I think it's probably best to go back to school. I'm not going to go to fucking secondary... Uh, I won't go secondary school, not primary school. Basically, in primary school, I was probably a little shit. I was in secondary school as well. I remember I robbed some dust caps from a very expensive car with my mate. I think I was must have been towards the end of primary school. And the police come round and we had these dust caps in Coke. I don't know, like Coca-Cola to try and get the rust off. I don't know why I robbed rusty, rusty dust caps off an expensive car. And I was shit scared of the police. So I was a little shit, but I was always like scared of authority, if that makes sense, sort of thing. In primary school, I was just basically a bit of a knob. I brought that into secondary school as well. And basically through secondary school, the time that I actually spent there, because I used to go to my mate's house and smoke weed, um, I fucking hated school. I hated, I was like, what's the point in this? There's no point. I'm never going to use any of this. And you know what? To a degree... I think that's right. Like, who's ever used history unless you're a history teacher? Maths being a tight one, I was shit at maths. I'll tell you my grades in a minute. But now I'm pretty good because I have to be. But I hated maths, hated English, hated science. I fucking hated every lesson except drawing because I was like, when am I ever going to use this? And to be fair, 
the career that I'm in, I hardly have used anything. I fucking hate a PE as well. I used to get my mum or write notes myself from my mum saying I can't do it this week. Remember the teacher was like, Tom, this is like fucking six weeks on the trot that you can't do it. You can do it in my little boxes that I had in a little vest. I was like, oh, fuck. I hated any activity. I ended up becoming a fucking PT, but I hated any activity. So I just hated school completely. I really did hate it. And it got towards the last year of school. And I was quite a chubby lad at school. I got bullied a little bit. Like most kids, kids are fucking ruthless, aren't they? At the end of the day, like kids are ruthless. And I got bullied for being chubby and stuff like that. And I think we've all been bullied in our lives, haven't we, at some point? Um, playing a little violin now. Towards the last year of school, I decided to get into the gym. I was taking a growth spurt. I was like, I want to lose some weight. So I started going to the local gym, working out. Yeah, just your general little bit of weight, some cardio, getting to know how to use things. Um, and this was the time, like throughout this last year, where we was doing our GCSE results at school. Or GCSEs are and and the fucking major grades which tell you what you what you're gonna do with your life. I don't believe in that, but I got four E's, two D's, and an F. Four E's, two D's, and an F. That was in English, science, some of double awards, maths. I was like the bottom of the bottom of it. I was fucking shit. I hated it. Weird now with type one being all fucking numbers and that. Um, but four E's, two D's, and an F. I, I was just like fuck it. Anyway, last year of school, they were my grades. Come to the end of school, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm into the gym and stuff now. Like, uh, when I leave school, I, I want to do that. I want to go and be a personal trainer or a fitness instructor. And I looked into that. Turns out, because I was that shit at school, I got four E's, two D's, and an F, I'd have to go back to college, resit my GCSEs, so I could go and do my level two fitness instructor. And I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm just going to get a job. Just want a job, just want money. I'm not fucking doing anything academic again. Fuck that. So I went working in a Swizzle Sweet Factory, which was one in New Mills near me. Uh, from there, my career going on through there wasn't really a career. I did telesales. I did fitting kitchens and bedrooms. I did welding. I did so many different jobs. Um, accident injury claims and shit, like, you know, ambulance chases. I did so many different jobs, yeah, up until I was 21. Now, I'm going to flip back a little bit to around when I was 17, 18, and I was into the gym, but I was into more bodybuilding side of it. This is when I was going up and down my career. And I actually started taking steroids. said I was going to be completely honest in this. I spoke about this a few podcast episodes ago because my goal then, it wasn't health, it wasn't fitness. I just wanted to get as fucking big as I could. I ended up, I was like six foot one, I must have been there. I'm like six foot two now, uh, or around six foot. I ended up getting to like nearly 100 kilos. I think it was around 100 kilos. It was pretty strong as well. Full of steroids. I was taking a fucking fair amount at one point. Open honest about that. A lot of people know it. Um, and that went through from when I was around 17, 18 through till 21. Um, and this is when I was 21, I actually got diagnosed with type one um, as well. And I remember at the time around diagnosis i was kind of actually out of work when i was diagnosed um i had not taken the steroids for a few months did they have a part to play well i asked the doctors i said look i'll be completely honest with you when i'm sat there up on diagnosis if you've got no diagnosis story it's back like podcast episode number one or two i was like look i've taken steroids xyz this that and the other do you think that could have anything to do with my diagnosis and they say well the gene's always been there that could have sped it up to come out a little bit, but you was always going to get it. Maybe the steroids like sped up the process a little bit and stuff. I was like, right, okay, cool. 
I don't think I've ever mentioned that live. I've mentioned that I've taken steroids, but I've not mentioned that I said to the doctors when I was diagnosed, do you think this could have affected it, affected the diagnosis in any way? Like I said, they said it was going to come out. It was always there. Taking anabolic steroids could have sped up the process. Um, like I say, since then, I've not taken any steroids. My, like, the, the way that I was training then switched. It was more for health reasons after being diagnosed. But anyway, back to the point. Um, diagnosed around 21. I was actually kind of out of work at the time. I was doing bits and bobs and stuff. And I remember hitting my first bout of depression. I'm quite open about these. Um, and I think it was because, being totally honest with it, I was out of work, proper work. I was still living at home with mum and dad. Um, when I was diagnosed, my energy, my mental energy went on all... I could learn. I'm a very obsessive, addictive personality, yeah. Once I throw myself into something, I'll set goals, I'll achieve them, I'll learn all I can about the subject. I've done it with so many things over the years, like messing around learning to DJ, motorbikes, gym, type 1 diabetes, when I was diagnosed with that. So my mental energy went into doing and researching and trying to find out all I could about this condition. I never really sat down and took the time to actually accept it. So this is why I speak about acceptance a lot because I didn't do it. And I think after about three, four months of being diagnosed, when my knowledge was quite up there after that amount of time, because I was just an obsessive bastard, so much research, so many different tests and got to know the grips of the basics of it. We're always learners, type ones, always say that to clients, but this did really help. After about three or four months, my first bout of depression hit me. And I think it was a mixture of things. I think it was being diagnosed and not really accepting it. I think it was being out of work and not knowing what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. I felt it was just living and existing. I didn't know. So I remember during this like bout of depression, there was one time that I actually had the crisis team come round. I remember a guy sat there. For those who don't know what the crisis team are, when shit gets really bad, if you ring someone and you think you're in a bad place, i.e. you're thinking about taking your own life, they send people round called the crisis team. And these people come round. I remember them asking like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, oh, I don't fucking know. Was there anything you ever wanted to do? Well, when I left school, I remember saying like, when I left school, I wanted to coach people, help people. You know, I enjoy exercise. I was still working out then, fitness instructing, being a personal trainer. Well, why don't you do that? And I was like, well, why don't I? I would have had to go back to college. Well, have you actually taken any steps, they said, to, to go and get into that? So, no, we'll start there. And this was the changing point for me because I was like, I'm at a low I'm out of work, got this condition, all this sort of shit. I enjoy exercise. Got to a point when I wasn't really exercising because I was that down. And I was like, right, I need to decide what I want to do with my life now. Because there's only two ways to go, down and gone or up right from the bottom pretty much. So I was like, right, cool. Well, I started making tracks about how I could help people, help coach people, become a fitness instructor, become a personal trainer. And it wasn't really in my mind about specifically helping type ones. I just enjoyed exercise. I just wanted to help people because it's the only thing that I felt that I was good at and that I really wanted to do ever since I left school. But I didn't do it because I would have had to go back to college and I'm not academic at all. So I was like, right, I'm going to have to fucking sort my head out here. I've ended up with this condition. I'm going to have to use... That was kind of a live, big life change for me as well because I was using that and using being a bit down and out and a bit depressed as kind of fuel for the fire. So then I decided, I was like, right, look, I'm going to have a look into doing my qualifications. And I actually 
did, I think I put myself through my fitness instructor, which is level two. And then I got a job as a fitness instructor in a gym when I did my level three and stuff like that. So I got back into work. I managed to get back into work and I was like, right, I was on a good path. Finally doing what I wanted to do in life. And then I decided to leave employment and go self-employed. Self-employed in Pure Gym in Stockport. And this is the first time being self-employed. It was scary because I left a wage, I left an income and that. I was lucky I didn't have any sort of commitments financially. I was at home with mum and dad. I was lucky in that respect. So I managed to like leave that and I was like, right, I'm self-employed now. If you know if you're self-employed, it's up to you, you like what you earn at the end of the day. Like, If it fails, it's, not, it's on you. You've got nothing that you can fall back on. And in a sense, that's good because I believe in taking risks and I believe if we have a, a safety barrier in life... Some people may not agree with this. If we have a safety net and a safety barrier, I don't think you're ever going to push through to your full potential. I think you need something that's scary. Like I knew I did have a safety barrier being at home with mom and dad and stuff, but I was like, if I don't make this work, I'm just going to have to not be in the industry. And obviously I did make it work. And that's one big thing I want to get across from this, the first little golden nugget, if you like. If you're comfortable and you have a safety barrier, it could be comfortable in a lot of things. It could be comfortable in your control and things like that. If you bugger cause control, if you have a safety net and a safety barrier, you'll never push yourself to your full potential. You need to find ways of getting rid of your comfort zone and getting rid of your safety net and safety barrier. So you have to achieve what you want to achieve. There is no other option. That's the mindset that you need to go into shit with. Yeah. I think for us as type ones, that's big because we need great control. Because if not, we're going to end up with complications. We're going to die. That's a, that, there's no safety net there. At the end of the day, I'll be fucking straight up. That's the way that I see it, yeah? That's the first thing I want you to take from this. So I kind of went self-employed at Pure, uh, PT at Pure Gym. I did pretty well. I fucking made it work. I'm an obsessive compulsive bastard. I made it work. And then I moved up the road to a private unit. This is where things started to change for me because I didn't have Pure Gym marketing for me anymore. At this point, I was coaching people for fat loss, muscle building, a little bit of performance, no type 1s at this point. I'm not coaching any type 1 diabetics. So I moved to a private unit up the road, started coaching groups and things like that. And then I decided to dabble in like online coaching. I think I bought my first course. It was like a grand, 999 or something like that. 999 pounds. My first course to kind of help me build out my online systems and stuff like that. This is where I had a few type 1 diabetics start to reach out to me. But they wanted my programs was for like fat loss, muscle building, this is the goals that they wanted. This is the goals that they wanted. Now, I kind of realized by this point, I was probably, I'm 36 now. By this point, I was probably about 25, 26. So going back nearly like fucking 10 years ago, I'm 35 now, I'm 36 in a few months. Adding fucking months onto my age. Who does that? Um, so I was still at the start of my career sort of thing. Started to dabble in online coaching and I had a few tight ones that joined my sort of fat loss muscle building program. And I remember doing check-ins with these tight ones and seeing that their blood glucose levels was actually improving. I didn't do anything specific with their blood glucose, you know, insulin rates, ratios, anything like that. It was just what you get if you signed up with a normal online coach. By this, I mean nutrition, workouts, bit of accountability. That was it. And because I was helping them like eat better, move a bit more and that, their numbers was improving. And I really, really enjoyed seeing that. It gave me a big sort of feeling of fulfillment. And I spoke about this quite a lot. I enjoyed that more so than seeing the numbers on a scale change for some people. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. And a lot of people were saying to me like, 
why don't you just coach type 1 diabetics? Why don't you just get into that? And I honestly thought, I stood in my own way and I was like, no, because what if someone says, why are you qualified to teach it? Which people have come through to me and asked me, what are your qualifications to teach them? Like, people do say that. So I was like, well, what if you say that? Or why me? What if it doesn't work? Like, I, I'm going to end up, like, narrowing my niche so much. What if no one wants to work with me? What if no one trusts me? I had all this doubt and shit in my head. And I actually held on out for about, it took me three or four years after that. So probably looking at this was around when I was 25. It was like 27, 28, when I decided to kind of start filtering to coaching more type ones. By this time, I was fully online. I was just coaching people online. Um, and then I decided to build out at the time, which was like a 30-day program, which is kind of the program that we've got now. It's not 30 days anymore. It's just enhanced. This is the first time that I was like, right, I'm going to go all in on coaching type ones. I remember I had a few non-type one clients at the time. They were dead understanding. I was like, look, I'm cutting everyone off who's not type one. I'm just going in just to help other type one diabetics. And since then, that was the best. That was a tough decision. But it was the best decision that I ever made, I think. One of the best decisions that I ever made. So it's not just like I come straight into being online and coaching type ones. I went through a lot of in-person stuff. I coached so many different people. And then eventually it kind of just happened in its own way. And I spoke about this when I did the Moto vlog. I think it's another thing, a golden nugget that I want you guys to take. Set goals, have an action plan. But when things go... That's still recording. When things go off track, don't worry about it. Things are going to naturally take a certain course. You know where you want to get to. You've got your action plan. You need those things. But if things take a diversion, don't worry about it. I never really thought I'd want to coach type ones. I thought about it a little bit, but I was like, no, I just want to be a personal trainer in person. Then they end up stopping in person, stopping coaching my groups. They were some fucking great times. For anyone who's listening to this, he was in my strong and fit camp. Love you guys. They were some good times though. So I went from doing that to coaching online, then to coaching specifically type ones. But things have just kind of naturally taken a course. So as long as you kind of have a rough idea where you want to get to, you have a bit of an action plan. Don't worry when things veer off course because everything does happen for a reason. Yeah. And that probably brings, brings us up to where we are today well where i am today with things i think in the time of just going to helping coaching type ones we've helped over 250 nearly 300 now improve the bug glucose control and change their lives as a lot of our clients will say um i do have like a big board behind me with all my clients who have achieved an a1c of 6.5 percent or below there's still a few to go on there um and i would have never really done that if things didn't go the way they did. I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't diagnosed with type 1, definitely, because I wouldn't know about it. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't hit that first bout of depression, yeah? I, I might not have done it if I would have gone straight into coaching or, like, doing my fitness instructor when I left school. I might not have done it then. Like, everything always happens for a reason, and I'm big on that. And obviously, up to now, to this date, it's no longer just me coaching people. Um, it's actually business. I actually employ people. We're a limited company now, which... Do you want to say, I'm not going to say I'm privileged and I hate it when people say I'm blessed, I'm privileged. Well, no, you just fucking work hard. And that's another thing that I want you to take. I wouldn't say I'm lucky, I'm blessed or I'm privileged privileged because I've just fucking worked hard. And I think you can achieve anything in life if you work at it. Take with your blood glucose control. I always say this to clients, if you keep working at it and you're persistent and consistent and you keep putting the fucking reps in, you'll achieve 
the results that you want. It's as simple as that. So there's no luck involved. There's no being blessed involved. Guaranteed, it will just be hard work. And that's how I've ended up getting to where I'm at today. Don't get me wrong. There is times since being in this industry, when I was coaching in person, when I was online, that I was thought, I'm never going to make this work. Like, I'm just going to have to quit. This isn't for me. I've been so close to throwing the towel in at times. So, 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 so close. Because being self-employed, I'm running a business. It's hard. You guys will know if you're self-employed, you run a business. It's hard. There's no level of security. But alongside that hardness, if that's even a fucking word, huge, huge benefits as well. And for me, one of the biggest ones is being able to change people's lives, being able to help other type 1 diabetics, not just via our program, but doing shit like this, doing these lives, recording these podcasts. That's worth it to me. That's worth it. It's not for everyone, but that's worth it to me. And as I say this quite a bit, and I hate sounding cliche and cheesy, but I do truly believe that this is what I was meant to do. Like, there's nothing else, and even from school days, I was all right at drawing, but I couldn't have fucking made a career out of that. There's nothing else I enjoy, and there's nothing else I really think I'm good at. Like, I think everyone has a certain skill, and mine's being able to help and coach people. I do it in a way that's not for everyone because I'm full of tough love as a lot of you guys will know if you're my clients um, but that comes from a place of love and I always say that and I'm not for everyone but I think that's kind of my skill being able to paint a picture for someone and help them move towards improving their blood glucose control and changing their lives at the end of the day I think we're all equipped with a certain skill and we're all here to do something in the world not sounding too wishy-washy now but I do truly believe that's my calling and I don't think I would have got here if I hadn't have gone through this sort of path um, that I've taken. So that's, there's a few more bits to it, but we'd be here for fucking hours if I was to go right in on it. But that's basically what it is. Like, fucked around at school, ended up with shit GCSEs. I'm not saying if any kids listen to this, you know, it's, it's big on do well at school and that. Kind of do what you want, but I know for me, with what I'm doing, it didn't, do you know what I mean? A lot of teachers used to say to me, if you don't get your head down in school, you're not going to amount to anything. Well, I run a very successful business and I've probably changed more lives than these fucking teachers have. Go figure. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not saying that don't go to school, you'll be all right. Like, I can't say that to you. But I was shit at school, shit GCSEs, got into the gym, started bodybuilding, started taking steroids, got diagnosed with type 1, hit depression, and then from there, things kind of changed a little bit. But it has been up and down. It's been hard over the years. And I'm probably going to hit more down stages that's just fucking life. That that's what happens. But we keep going. We keep going. So hopefully you guys have got a few nuggets from this. Maybe you've got a bit of inspiration. Maybe if it's something that you've always wanted to do, this has been like your bit of a wake up call. Your reckoning, if you like, to go and fucking do it and take risks and understand what I said about the safety net, the safety blanket. If that's always there, you're just gonna stay in your comfort zone and stay in one place. You need to find ways to take that out from underneath you so you do push forward. And like I said about working hard to achieve something, same with your blood glucose control, same with your goals. If you keep putting the reps in, you're persistent, you will achieve anything that you want in life and you will be able to have well-controlled diabetes, a great life and be in great health. It's as simple as that. It's down to you to put the reps in and put the work in. Team, that's it. If you got value from this, make sure you hit like hit the thumbs up, leave me a rating and review if you're listening to this on the podcast. Thank you very, very much for listening. And I want to say this, how grateful I am to all you people who listen to the podcast. Because um, as much as you guys say that I help you and you enjoy listening to it and you're messaging me, letting me know it helped you, 
Like it helps me as well, and it's good to know that it's not falling on deaf ears. Um, and I wouldn't be where I am today without you guys as well. So thank you so so much, team. Until the next episode, have a fucking great day. Thanks very much for listening. Peace.